Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews, coming at you in print and online format at nicktiffany.com, in audio format wherever you get your podcasts, and even in video on YouTube. Today, we got a freaking winner. We have easily one of the biggest surprises of the year for a film, at least for me, truthfully. Uh, we're just going to get right into it. Godzilla minus one. Dude, this freaking movie ruled like i am still buzzing after watching it earlier this day and i'm like already trying to plan out seeing it again uh i'm a big big fan of godzilla have watched a large majority of the movies even dating back decades to when you had a guy in a rubber suit knocking down fake small set buildings um you know the legendary godzilla movies that they've been doing I think by and large, there's some really awesome stuff in there. But for me, my biggest gripe with those movies has been either not enough monsters or we're spending time with human characters who I don't care about. And a lot of people largely don't care about, you know, they're like, what if we threw Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things into the Godzilla movies? And you're like, what about it? Why? Why do we need like a fourth subplot now going on in here? Um and where I think cool spectacle, $200, $300 million movies are great, where so many of them have been let down, I think is just, number one, an over-reliance on CGI for anything. For sets, they're like, oh, no, everything's going to be green screen. We're not going to shoot anywhere on location. Um, and then we're going to spend all this money trying to make everything look so real that somehow it ends up looking fake. And so Godzilla Minus One much like the creator earlier this year, which had an $80 million budget looked better than any other sci-fi movie this year. Godzilla minus one comes out on a $15 million budget, a shoestring budget compared to Indiana Jones, the flash, the Marvels, whatever. I'm like every big comic book movie this year, superhero film, whatever. Uh, like Indiana Jones, they spent $300 million. They spent 15 million on Godzilla minus one. And not only is it a better movie than all of the superhero movies, franchise movies, whatever else that have come out this year, but it is undoubtedly the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen and that they've ever made. Um, and before the movie, it was kind of like there was a 70th anniversary of Godzilla kind of token or uh, logo beforehand, which is crazy that it's, you know, been 70 years. Um, and the film takes place, towards the end of World War II, immediately just invests you in this story and in this character. And, you know, if I'm not making direct eye contact here with the camera for those watching, you know, I want to make sure I get these names right. The writer and the director of the film, Takashi Yamazaki, freaking hats off to you because he has written such a deep and moving story at the heart of this Godzilla monster movie in the background of all of this, this film really goes back to the core. It goes back to world war two where obviously all that time back after dropping the bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, the Japanese where Godzilla was created from the Japanese when this creature who was the result of this atomic warfare. Um, and the Godzilla movies, at least the ones from Japan have always always been political they've always been a reflection both of u.s military 
and Japanese military. And this film really goes back to a lot of those basics, spending time in Tokyo right around after the war is ending. The main character, who's played by uh, Munitaka Aoki, his name is, uh, or sorry, I, my apologies, uh, Ryan Suke Kamiki, who plays in the film Koichi Shikshima, he is a kamikaze pilot who has essentially abandoned his duty, lands on the small island, claiming he needs repairs for his plane, even though he knows he doesn't. And before something might happen to him as far as his line of duty goes on this small island in the middle of the night, this dinosaur-like creature called Godzilla by the natives just completely wreaks havoc, destroying almost everybody and leaving Shikshima as one of the only survivors. You know, he kind of freezes up. He's unable to fire upon this massive beast, probably because he doesn't think it's going to do anything. But eventually, he comes back home to Tokyo after serving his time in the war and after waking up, essentially, from this Godzilla attack. And he comes home to find, after all the different air raids, his family, his home, everything is just completely destroyed. I mean, they're walking around what looks like a shack village. Almost everything is just war-torn, and he has to rebuild and he meets Sumiko, who's played by Sakura Ando. And with her, she has a young child who, kind of in the middle of this sequence, thrusts the child upon him so she can escape somewhere. She's lost everybody. The child's not hers. But you have these three people who now find themselves together, trying to rebuild along with the rest of Japan after the war. He knows, obviously, Godzilla exists and is still out there but a little bit of time goes by so a few years happen um there's more atomic testing out in the waters and as anybody who's watched a godzilla film knows before ed's only gonna well number one piss him off more but he's only gonna grow stronger if you feed that atomic side of him he's only going to grow bigger um and so a few years later you know he finds himself working a job where he's kind of I mean, the movie, and this is where I'm just like, the movie's so layered, it's so interesting, especially in this post-war Japan time. He takes a job essentially decommissioning all of these mines that were left in the sea by both the U.S. and Japanese armies. So now that the war's over, we need to go out there, clear minesweeping, essentially, naval minesweeping, um, which obviously puts them out at sea and closer to a potential attack from a certain Godzilla. And so, of course, when Godzilla shows up again, it's up to Shikshima to work with what he has and what he knows and try to fight this thing, to try to do something in order to protect the new family he has and the Tokyo that is still trying to rebuild after the devastation of the war. And I guess I'm not going to say too much more on the plot because it is just so involved it is such a touching story in so many ways as far as both uh, you know not really a romantic story i would say but a survival story and looking at these two people who come together and who are trying to make something work you know shikshima is dealing with 
all of these demons he's got inside, feelings of abandonment from his post to his family being gone now, the way he might be looked at by people, and he carries so much of this weight on his shoulders. Um, his performance in the film is nothing short of amazing. Uh, the film is entirely in Japanese with English subtitles. Um, I think it's better for that as well. I just think especially, man, when it comes to the story, they knocked it out of the park. Because obviously they touch on a lot of things as far as the American or Japanese military go. You know, this whole idea of being a kamikaze pilot and feeling like I'm a let, I'd let everybody down because I came back, which means clearly I deserted my post. I did whatever. But this idea that your government would also tell you like, hey, this is your duty and this is your glory and this is, you know, you know, you've been chosen to die, essentially. Um, it just brings up a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts from, you know, veteran Japanese military members in the film, even just discussing how the government treated them as soldiers, the positions that they put them in, the things that they asked of them. Um, it just, it's fascinating. And then there's this entire other level of science that goes along with everything, just as far as not only explaining where Godzilla comes from, how to find him, they get so creative and tracking his movements, figuring out different ways that they might have to combat him. It just like, it's so freaking cool. It's so freaking nerdy. It's so, I mean, it was dramatic. It just like, it, it blew me away. It really blew me away because at the core, it is a beautiful, terrific story. Um, just phenomenally acted on all sides. The monster stuff is awesome. Godzilla looks great. Maybe he doesn't have the, the refinement that the $200 million Godzilla might have. But when he let loose the atomic breath, I thought we'd seen it all. When Godzilla in the 2014 or 13 movie, you know, rips the jaw open of that one creature and like atomic breaths through his body and kills him. And it's like, you know, Godzilla's the king of monsters. He's done it a couple times, you know, like that's that's his move. You know, it's like that is the move. So when this Godzilla starts charging up his atomic breath, like, you're like All right, I know I know something's happening. Oh, my God. It has never looked more devastating than it has in this film. I don't think it's ever looked better, even though we got the cool blue stuff in the other. Like I like the multiple times Godzilla uses it in this movie, you feel the devastation of the atomic bomb. You feel what created this creature and destroyed part of this country. You know, you feel all of that, and it's a place that. All of these American Godzilla films never want to go. It's a place where obviously superhero films, they don't want to go there. They don't want you to see countless people killed in the blink of an eye with no repercussions because something, number one, fictional, but something that we helped create did this. Um, I was talking with someone just after this movie where it was like after Man of Steel and Superman snapping Zod's neck to save humanity and to choose humanity and obviously the 9-11 style violence and death that was happening which man of steel also touched on and i think really creates ultimately higher stakes for the drama and the story you're telling 
a lot of people were like, no, we don't want to see that. We don't want people to die. And we don't like that's we don't want to think about it. It's helpless, you know, the, the helplessness of it, the casualness of it. They're like, we don't like that. A lot of people, I mean, this is like just, this is everybody, critics, people online, whomever, they're like, no, we want the Avengers to save the entire city. Even though we were going to drop an entire city down, you know, like the Avengers are going to save it because we have to save every life and every life counts, you know, and that was the whole Justice League reshoots. Just save one person, Barry, you know, the, the line Batman says to him, which I don't totally dislike, but this idea that every battle has to be fought in the desert, everything has to be away from people, there can't be civilian casualties, to me, almost feels more irresponsible because it's denial of what actually would happen. It's denial of the fact that bad things do happen to innocent people. And it's horrible. And when you watch things like that, it should look horrible because it is. It shouldn't feel great. You know, you should feel lost. You should feel a little bit of grief with that, I think. And so this film just completely devastates on a lot of levels too. Just emotionally, physically with what happens. I mean, it just leaves a weight on your chest. Um, and I think it's just going to spark a lot of really interesting conversations. Ah, like... Man, this is as close to a perfect Godzilla movie, I think, as you could make, truthfully. Um, and if they continue to try to do something from here, I don't know what they would do, how they'd do it, but I'm in. I'm so freaking in. Get them a bigger budget. Hollywood, drop your Godzilla stuff. Focus on this. Focus on these stories like that. Man, go see this movie. It's tough to find in the IMAX format right now with uh, Beyonce's Renaissance out there. But if you can find it in IMAX, definitely see it that way because I'm sure it's going to... I didn't get to see it in IMAX, but I'm sure it would blow your mind because even in the regular format, it was phenomenal. So, God, man, definitely... Ah, it's up there with Anatomy of the Fall now. Two best foreign films I've seen all year, undoubtedly. Uh, but Godzilla Minus One is going to make a very strong case for uh, the, the best of at the end of the year list. And I, no one is more surprised than I am, but I'm so happy that this film turned out the way it did. So as always, if you want to stay tuned for more movie news and reviews, follow NT movie reviews on all movie, the social media platforms, all the different podcast platforms, and even on YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And we'll get you probably three more reviews by the time you listen to this. Thanks again.